This is On The Block with Brent Axe. Yes, it is. Presented by Fusillo Automotive. It is not Thanksgiving yet. You cannot go on your holiday yet. <laughs> because you got one more hour of this show. Then you're good. You can do whatever the heck you want till Monday, okay? My main man, Julian Wiggum, is in studio. Yeah, man. What's up? Uh, now, you should know this. We, we've been over I this one. I think I've one. had this one. We, you've had this one before. Teammates used to listen to it. Oh, in the dang. locker room. Oh, no. Come on, you gotta, you've, you've had it, this one before. Tours a lot. Yep, I remember I said Green Day the first time. You just said it Green is, Day the first time. Um, Clay Matthews. Wait, wait, wait. You're close. Is it Clay Matthews? It's Dave Matthews. <laughs> Dave Matthews. Clay Matthews was a football player, but we'll give you half credit on that one. Oh, Way to go. Man. My man right there. Julian Wiggum is here. Syracuse uh, finishes the regular season at BC coming up this weekend, and then uh, we'll await which bowl game they will get. No. What do you think? Uh, let's start right there. You, you know, bowls are weird because selection committees get to take teams based on ticket sales and how many hotel rooms you're going to fill and all right. this stuff. It's not necessarily you got this record, therefore you go to this bowl game. There's yeah. a whole, you know, it's like the, an episode of The Bachelor. Will you accept this rose kind of thing, right? <laughs> Uh, between Camping World Bowl, let's say they go nine and three. Okay, okay. they win this weekend. Yep. Camping World Bowl, Pinstripe Bowl, maybe Music City Bowl. There's a few possibilities out there. Where do you think they're going to end up? I think they end up in Yankee Stadium again. I think that's kind of the Pinstripe Bowl. Even at, like yeah. win or lose, I think that's the game they're going to end up in. And then Pinstripe Bowl, all their all their incentive is right there. They got a team that's playing good football, uh, high powered offense, averaging like forty points a game. Uh, got going to have the energy there. You might get a Penn State who might fall into the Pinstripe uh, area. I mean, that would be a great rivalry matchup. Would bring the eyes. It brings back um, you know the old college football lore of that game. So I think the Pinstripe Bowl is going to be where. Syracuse ends up, and I think that they're going to try to lobby and find a great opponent for him. But either way, win or loss, I think the Pittsburgh. You know, beggars can't be choosers because it's a bowl game. Syracuse hasn't been to one of these in five years, but maybe Penn State. But if it's like Purdue or one of these matchups, given the bad vibes in New York City right now, too, it's like, (laughs) just go to Florida, please. A Florida game. Or something. I think the players. I'd almost take Detroit at this point. Oh, which they won't go to. Detroit, you would take that? I'd probably almost take Detroit over Yankee State. I would be so Notice mad. Notice I said the word almost there. Like, right. would be like, no, it's, no. But See, I, as a player, if I, and that's the thing too, my whole thing is I want to go to a city I can have fun in outside of the game. Outside of the game, you want to be able to go outside, literally. Right. And maybe something new. Now, none of these players, of course, played in the Pinstripe Bowl. Right. So this is they why just I, played in Yankee Stadium. So they did. They want a different experience. But the bowl game experience is a lot different than prepping yes. for a regular season Correct. game. So yeah. you'll have a little bit more money in your pocket. You'll have the gift from whatever bowl game you go to. I think you get... It's about three, four days of freedom to do whatever. You just have like your breakfast. Man, man, I hate a breakfast check. Small sub story. But anyway, <laughs> um, such a rebel when I play. But yes, but outside of breakfast check, you go and do your thing. I think three days of the city, especially for me as a Florida guy who had never uh, been in New York City, especially Manhattan or whatever, uh, that was fun for me. That was your first time there? When yeah. You went to the Pinstripe Bowl? Nice. Yeah. Uh, that so was... breakfast check, uh, we're not just going to skip by that. So was oh, this like, man. you know, when... 
You see, like on the on like the sitcoms when like they pretend they're in their room and you put like the pillow under the blanket, and, right? Like, a wig there and it looks like you're sleeping. <laughs> was that what you were doing for breakfast, Jack? Or? No, well, I kind of well, we had to go in and we oh, you to, actually had to go. Like, we had to go in there, right? Yeah, yes, okay. and um, I would try. The worst I think I did was try to use a freshman, and <laughs> I called him and was like, "Hey, can you say Wiggum checked in?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> <laughs> he went in and tried to check in for me. He's like, nah, he has to be there. I'm like, but I'm awake. I'm up. I don't need to come down there. You know I'm awake. Well, now so, you could just do FaceTime. You're like, here I am, I, right? Man. I'm up. I did so many 100-yard uh, <laughs> rolls and early 6 a.m.s. Like, every, like there was the Coach Shafee said, Julian, you know, we get guys that get in trouble for really dumb stuff and yeah. all that. And, you know, they'll go and do their off the field, whatever. You just come in here for the dumbest things. <laughs> you won't come to breakfast check. You won't go to your study hall. I coach. I don't need to go to study hall. I understand my courses. Nah, but you got to do it. Stop. My, my thing was I hated being micromanaged. And that's why I was a little rebel back then. But uh, So you would rather run. So yes, what, what, what was, was the punishment? It was what a calculated risk. I'm like, okay, do I wake up two hours earlier than I need to? Or... Wake up an hour earlier and go get an extra workout in. So it would be you. See, there you go. That's, all, that was my thinking. It's all semantics. Yeah. Right? So we yeah. they'd have us roll a um, hundred yards down and back with Coach Hicks in the morning. Uh, sometimes it'd be some steps. I'm like, I'm skinny anyway. You just eat pretty good afterwards. It's a workout. There Sorry. you go. See, so, you had it all figured out. Terrible attitude. Good times. <laughs> good times. So this is supposed to be Syracuse's rivalry. Yeah, And to an extent it is, but it's kind of by default. And it always kind of makes me sad this time of year because I'm looking at the college football slate and it's Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah. And it's Auburn, Alabama. Right. And it's, you know, Washington, Washington State. And, you know, all these. You know, you have a great rivalry when there's like a name for it. The Civil War. Yeah. It's like, hey, well, what do we got? Mm. Boston College. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. Right. So I, I, I. That is Syracuse's natural rival. They're in the ACC together. Great. They're geographically close. They recruit right. the same areas. There is some history. There's some good games between these two. You brought up Shafe. Shafe's last game, they carried him off the field. Yeah. There's been some really close games with this team, but nowhere comes close to not even, I mean, Ohio State, Michigan, and Auburn, Alabama. They're on a different stratosphere, but even like some of the middle-of-the-road rivalries, it's, it's, it's just not there. Right, I mean, where the rivalries come from is from people being in close proximity to one another. Yeah. You know, for I know for Florida State, Miami, it's because the kids are literally being recruited right next to each other. One wide receiver might be going to Miami, and the other's going to Florida State. I remember that when we played, um, who was St. Thomas one year. I was like, oh man, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, and it and that comes from guys knowing each other, going to battle against each other, having played with each other, getting to talk smack all throughout the week. And then, I mean, you go bigger than college football, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, you know, people compete for jobs all over around that area, right? Um, and there's a real reason to dislike people there. Going into this Boston College game, one, I've only played, I've only had one play against Boston College mm. my entire career. I was always hurt by that time. Yeah, I don't know how. Just, Maybe you should have gone to pre breakfast check more. <laughs> that would be something Coach Hicks would say. That's funny. Probably would have maybe kept me on the field longer. <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, there, I just forgot what I was talking about. BC, um, one play. Yeah, BC Injured. only played them one play. And um, even throughout those weeks, I never felt a sense of a rivalry no. going so into who, that game. So who was like... 
maybe it didn't happen every year, but what game would did you feel like you probably were the most excited about? Uh, for that, me, that not only you, could, but the team collectively was like, "This is it. This this is big." Oh man, uh, you know what? Actually, no, West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia. I was going to say was West Virginia was our game every year. There's Just, actually a trophy. That, that's another sign of a rivalry. Yeah, there's a trophy for the game. Yeah, the Schwartzwalder Trophy. Like there's. There's more depth in history there, but obviously things kind of you right. know dissolved there. And you know what? The cool thing was for that for whatever reason, Syracuse, West Virginia, a bunch of our corners knew uh, what was it? Bailey. Um, they knew uh, number one. What was his name? Tavon Austin. Like they knew these guys. They knew quarterback. Shafe had this personal vendetta against their quarterback because he wouldn't come see him uh, during a recruiting. So visit. that's why he beat the crap out of Geno Smith three times. Oh. Absolutely. You yeah. guys beat the crap out of Geno Smith. And throughout the week, Coach Schaefer's whole thing was put his shoulder into the dirt. I want to hurt this kid. We didn't even say I want to hurt him. But he's put his shoulder into the dirt. You can we tell want... there was a little more yeah, juice. And he would yeah. tell the story how the kid didn't want to uh, meet with them during the recruiting <laughs> process. I'm like, Coach, you that man. That's a but, grudge. Yeah, but, wow. I, but that's... You know, that's a rivalry game. Guys are amped up to play against each other. They know each other. They're jawing back and forth throughout the game. Um, and you can feel that throughout um, every layer. Uh, guys on the offense side chirping with DBs and DBs with our, from our group going after their wide receivers and running backs, man. Because people knew each other and they had that. Most of them were just because they were from Miami. Uh, because guys knew each other, though, um, I think that was the biggest key in that um, rivalry match. And made for really good games as well. It's hard to do, especially with college football schedules the way they are. But I wish that was a game that still was in the rotation more. Absolutely. Maybe it will be in the future. We'll see. But this game just, it's a rivalry by default because they're five hours down the road. They're geographically close. They're in the same league and they've played each other over 50 times. So, yeah, that, hey, I'm, it's a rivalry. Like, whatever. <laughs> now, the game itself will break down coming up, Julian, because one thing you can't avoid against BC is mm-hmm. they are a physical football team. Yes. Syracuse is going to have to play physical. But just, let's put a bow on Notre Dame. Look, it was the only game all year where Syracuse truly got its butt handed to it. Yep. And to be 11 games into the season, and that's the first time it happens, I think that's a victory, you know, air quotes, in and of itself. But what were your big takeaways from that? Just listen. Outmatch, better team. Yeah, move on. they were just outmatched. I mean, we talked about the four keys to what kind of game they have between passing efficiency, turnover margin, uh, special teams, and uh, quarterback pressure, and they, it just wasn't there. Um, and the reason why is because Notre Dame was just that much better of a football team. Their secondary played a great game, whether it was tight coverage, rotating coverages, quarterbacks couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, the defensive line was able to get after DeVito. DeVito couldn't find anything downfield. Uh, they just looked like a much better football team in every area, no matter where it was. And I mean, it's just Syracuse was overmatched. I mean, I think a lot of people were excited for this game. Oh, there's an opportunity for Syracuse. But, um, you know, that's the number three team in the country. There's a reason why. And um, they, they look solid in that game. And Syracuse, they had some holes to fill, but, you know, they're still growing. So, um, yeah, no, Notre Dame was just a better team that Now, week. this would have just closed the gap on the score. I don't think it makes it more competitive. But there's a few swing plays. Mm. Tommy DeVito comes in the play after Dungey goes down. Everybody's kind of, you know, they don't know how to process what just happened. If yeah. Nikeem Johnson catches that ball in the end zone, no, this is not to sound bad to Eric, but you, your memory gets a little shorter. Like you, you, you forget about that more yeah. and you're into the game. Taj Harris drops a pass right in his bread basket. And no, see, this is what Notre Dame does. Those mistakes, they will pounce on. Exactly. And the thing that I keep coming back to, though, is 
they only scored 10 points off those three turnovers. It's not like Notre Dame shoved it down your throat Mm -hmm. every time, but because they're that much better, they just kept getting the ball, kept getting the ball, and you brought it up with Tommy DeVito, and, and Dino brought it up at his press conference, Julian, that you look at his stats, this is not an inaccurate quarterback. This is a quarterback that got rid of the football a lot because there was nothing downfield for him. Absolutely, and I think that he did a solid job, like you said, getting rid of the football. Uh, but his receivers didn't help him out of times, and I think that you're right with the uh, Nikeem Johnson catch. I think if he gets that, there's a little more juice behind this football team. I've noticed um, on several occasions this season, whenever they this, the Syracuse team, when they get down and they seem to be out for a bit, they can slump. For a while, going back all the way to Western Michigan when they took uh, Dungy out for a bit to give DeVito some reps, and all of a sudden the team just slumps out. Okay, we're not moving. And then it, I, it, I don't know what it was where they just checked out of the game. Luckily, then it was Western Michigan. They were able to get back into it. But when you're playing a solid team like a Notre Dame or a Clemson or even what looks like a Pitt right now for some reason, you can't get in these slumps and then just hope you all of a sudden spark it back. That's not going to happen because those kind of teams, they'll take it away from you. And that's what Notre Dame did, uh, just capitalizing opportunities. I just don't think Syracuse was up to making enough plays this week. I would fully anticipate Tommy DeVito's in a quarterback this week. We'll discuss that, break down the BC matchup. A little bit more on the other side here. Julian Wiggum is in studio with us. We will come back after this on the block, ESPN Radio. This is on the block with Brent Axe. So I was just uh, explaining this to my friend Julian Wiggum during the break, who is here in studio talking football with us. First of all, fried turkey. Yes. Bros. Boom, boom. There we go. Fried turkey has taken over the world. It's the go-to. It is the go-to. Nothing against a good oven-roasted turkey, which I will, I will eat, but. Sure. Fried turkey's where it's at. Oh, absolutely. So the other thing that I said this to Seth last hour, too. Well, everybody's got food takes, right? Because it's Thanksgiving, and that's fine. Like, listen, we can't. It's a unique thing to get into a culinary discussion. But Thanksgiving is like the one meal everybody kind of agrees we're having the same thing. Right. Turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, and then everybody kind of has a variance. Mm -hmm. The one thing I don't understand is I like I should do I should get on Periscope right now to demonstrate this to people. But I have a I, I found this. I went to the kitchen during the break to get some water, and there was a can of jellied cranberry sauce a <laughs> in the studio in, in the kitchen. I don't get how a human being could prefer what is in this can over somebody who takes the time to make you fresh cranberries with fresh ingredients. Okay. You know what the expiration date on this can is, Julian? <laughs> October 6th, 2020. Oh, no. Do you know the amount of crap that has to be in this little can to keep it on the shelf that long and you can eat it? <laughs> it's not romaine lettuce. Let's just put it that way. I mean, how do you prefer this? Not only by, because it's awful, but it... <laughs> Right on the picture. <laughs> it looks terrible. It looks Listen. terrible. The slices that they have on the can look like the can. Like it comes out of your... Like, how do you eat this stuff? You well, people are just communists. It comes from... My mom... Uh, my uncle had brought a little girlfriend over one year for Thanksgiving. Okay. And she brought the jelly cranberry. And my mom Wait, was like... she brought the can? Yeah, the can. Like she brought... Like yeah. She, well, she didn't take it out of the can? Yeah. She just, she, she just well, brought the can. Well, she brought like just to, to, for the food, for the Thanksgiving. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I'm I'm looking at it like, okay, okay cool. Yeah. Whatever. I don't yeah. eat it, but whatever. She was, Hell of an effort. My, my mom was like, oh, do they not love you? <laughs> Over there where you're from? We love each other here. We'll, we'll make some real, you know, actual. I, I'm like, okay. That's your mom. 
But that's, all right, so that, yeah, and maybe just people eat that. They just don't I have people don't who love them around them. Get it? That's what. It, and it, I mean, they're still making it. Yep. People eat it. People eat it because it's easy. You don't have to put much energy into it. Um, and you, like I said, they must be around family members who just don't care enough about their health. So you go with the jelly cranberry. I'm trying to find like what they put in this. <laughs> they don't have the ingredients listed on the can. There's a red flag right there. It shouldn't eat it either. Usually they list the ingredients on here. But, but they, no, they they're, not, they're just trying to make sure you know what it tastes like. You don't even know what's in it. It's like a McDonald's burger. Your mom's the best. <laughs> oh, they don't love you? That's come here, fantastic. Come here, child. We got you. All right. So Boston College. Yes. No matter what Syracuse does, they're going to have to get down and dirty with this team. Yeah. Boston College is very good at making you play their game at least for part of the game. you got to mm-hmm. be physical with this football team. Is Syracuse ready for that? I don't think so. Uh, I think that Syracuse's defense is going to have to step up in this in this one. One run defense hasn't been tested, you know, very much. Notre Dame to the South. I mean, they're Notre Dame, but they haven't really seen a team that has an emphasis on rushing the ball. And I'm interested to see how has this linebacker and safety group improved on their angles and recognizing where they need to go to fit up the run game. Because if Boston College gets loose with that. It's over with. Because, again, DeVito, he's had great games this season. Uh, I don't know. Boston College are going to play tighter coverage. I don't know where DeVito's accuracy will be against pressed-up defenses who are going to force his receivers to make plays for him. I don't know if those receivers will step up or not. Uh, And then on the other side of the ball, I think Syracuse's defense, they got to find a way to at least allow this offense to find some room to wiggle. Uh, I'm thinking about that defensive front. Can they make plays on the quarterback in a way that Florida State was able to mm-hmm. to get themselves a dub? And I think that there's going to be room to do that. But again, if that rushing attack from Boston College gets going early on in the football game, I think that's when Syracuse might run into some problems. And I would hate to see them lose the game in the first, second quarter. A dub? I know what that is. That's a win. <laughs> hey. I'm hip to the lingo. There it is. I knew what that is. Um, Anthony Brown comes back at quarterback. Yep. A.J. Dillon comes back at running back. Yeah, They're, they're both not 100%. Last week, Steve Adazio ran A.J. Dillon 37 times, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he had just come back from an ankle situation. And he had 116 yards, and he's A.J. Dillon. You've got to contend with him. But right. I think the advantage is here. When Syracuse can get some separation, and I'm kind of I'm going to lead into this here. What's wrong with him, by the way? I didn't, I didn't peek. Dillon? Yeah. Ankle. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so, man. Florida State, did, for this is a total evil defensive player thought. But, yeah, keep going. Florida State well, didn't I think do I it right. Kinda, they, okay. they, 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 they weren't twisting get in, the, get in, that in the pile. You got to get in that pile. So nope, nope. nobody knows what happens in the pile, right, Julian? <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't say it, but you, you just know. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I trip on your your bad ankle? There, my fault. Oops! Yeah. Did I step on your bad ankle? Like, no, I, a little, little hug. I, I just like to hug it. Yeah, there you go. I get what you're saying. There. Mm-hmm. They do not have the separation that Syracuse does. Now, here's my question. There has been a distinct difference. This is kind of the ugly little truth when Tommy DeVito comes in. Mm-hmm. Syracuse's pass protection has not been good. No. In just straight-up passing situations. When you have Dungy in there who can extend plays, it gives you just that extra second or two you need. Yep. Tommy DeVito, can't. he can scramble, but he can't do it like Dungy does. So I'm wondering if against Zach Allen and um, Wyatt for Boston College, who leads... He doesn't lead the country, but he's in the top 20 in the country. He's got nine sacks. They've got some really good defensive players that are going to get after DeVito. They also have somebody 
who leads the country in interceptions right now. Now, Andre Sisco's second because right. he has six, yep. so there's a ball hawk on each side. But I have a real hesitation here that Syracuse can get truly into its passing game with the lack of pass protection, and the receivers obviously have to have a much better day than they did a week ago against Notre Dame. Well, I'm still encouraged. Well, if I'm looking for a counter to that and that uh, pass rush so it's from Boston College, it's getting the ball out quickly. And have we seen tape from DeVito that suggests he can do that? And I think that we have. Yes, we We've have. We've also seen uh, their ability to execute screenplays effectively in big games. Uh, the Clemson game from last year comes to mind when they, when they knew they were going to have that front four pressure. Uh, they used a lot of screens to get out of, uh, to go against that uh, that front four from Clemson. So, uh, looking at this one, I think there'll be a similar game plan and the way that you counteract a lot of pressure up front, the way that you counteract uh, not being sure if you can take shots downfield, you keep it short at first, and then you start to work in your rushing attack as well. And that's why I'm starting to get really excited about um, these RPO things is the more and more I begin to understand it and what kind of effect they can have on a defense in terms of trying to stop it, especially deep downfield. Uh, as long as you can draw them in, you're already if corners, safeties, they're going to start noticing when you keep hitting stops and slants on them, right? So they're going to probably cheat up an extra yard, maybe yard and a half, try to get in front of that thing. That's when you start running the ball a little bit more as well. Kind of flip it. Flip the game plan a bit. Ah, oh, man, I'm sitting here watching run plays in front of me. I'm getting ready to jump something. All of a sudden, it's the same old run play that you think it's going to be, and that's when you can take, boom, shots up top and kind of catch a guy uh, napping a little bit on the outside. So there's some room, and that's kind of the game plan that I've seen Syracuse take in the past uh, against teams that had that kind of pass rush. So for, for them coming in this week, I think it'll be a similar mix-up where starts off trying to work that early passing game, get DeVito comfortable, get his receivers back into the game, get their confidence level up, try to run the ball. Uh, Mo Neal's been doing a great job this season, I think, and then finally trying to execute that deep ball downfield. They have been running the ball. Yeah. Mo Neal has been great. Strickland had, a, I think it was averaging six yards a carry at one point, mm-hmm. even against Notre Dame. Jarvie and Howard, we know, comes in, gives him big that fix up, the big fella, who we did a feature about him on Orange Nation last night where, and I believe his Twitter bio says, in a weight room somewhere. Like, Oh, yeah. My man. I like that. Is chiseled. Yeah. So, I love the physical nature that he, that he brings to the field. So, in this matchup, when you've got to get down and get dirty and get physical, which mm-hmm. they make you do, like even Clemson only beat this team 27-7, but then Florida State beat them last week. So they're certainly vulnerable at this point. Right. You have the backs to do it. So that's, to me, you said get Tommy comfortable, get some passes going. I agree with that, but I think if that doesn't work, you have the run game to set up the pass, which is not always a luxury that Syracuse has had. No, it hasn't been. And this that's why this is, I think, the offense has looked, uh, great at times because that those running backs um, have been efficient. I always go back to it. 2015, Bowling Green State, when Coach Babers led his uh, his team to a uh, conference championship in the MAC, uh, his top two running backs were averaging five yards per carry each. And that offense is one of the most explosive in the country. I think it was Matt Johnson was the quarterback, was up for right. some Heisman uh, candidacy there. And I, I think that that offense was produced by having the running backs that they did because it forced linebackers and safeties to play a little bit differently and try to plug up some of those gaps a bit faster because those running backs are able to hit that hole. I'm starting to see that a bit this season, kind of towards the end now, with Mo Neal, Jarvin Howard, Dante Strickland starting to get in there a bit. Um, those guys are helping to open up this offense. So I'm encouraged, one, by what they've been doing. I think that it's going to play a huge factor this week just because if you have the running backs to uh, force linebacker safeties and a team that wants to pressure the ball to kind of throw them off balance, that's how you can take shots upfield. And that's what this offense wants to 
to do. They don't want to be um, a lateral one. I mean, they'll make a quick read here and there on the linebacker, but the goal is to take shots downfield and to make plays and uh, to get down the field quickly. So I think each thing goes hand in hand. But yeah, those those running backs, Mo Neal, uh, Strickland, especially big fella Howard, man, they got they got to come to play this week. Syracuse recover and get the win. Go nine and three in the regular season. I do believe they get the win this week, nine and three, and then they go ahead and get my tenth win in the bowl game. Boom, boom. Pinstripe Bowl. Pinstripe. Yeah, you said 10 wins, and we all looked at you like you had lobsters crawling out of your ears. But I got a crown coming, man. It's... Now you got a crown coming. Yeah, man. Congrats. I do this. <laughs> well, it is uh, Thanksgiving, so yeah. uh, thank you for hanging with us throughout the football season. We've got more to go. We've got a bowl game to preview and other stuff, but yep, yep. appreciate you hanging with us here every Wednesday. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Thank you. Julian Happy Thanksgiving Wiggum, to you as well. Advocate of fresh cranberries. <laughs> your family doesn't love you. <laughs> They don't. That's if, my favorite that's the thing, thing you have to know. If, if your family's feeding you cr- cranberries from a jar, they may not care about Ten you. 10-06-20. Just remember that at your dinner table tomorrow. Right? <laughs> Do not serve food at Thanksgiving dinner that expires two years from now. <laughs> Thank you, Julian. It's uh, Julian Wiggum, ladies and gentlemen. We're back after this.